0: In a world that seeks compromise with just about everything, gospel freedom cannot be compromised, as we'll find out today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. Hi there, and welcome to our Monday broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We're looking at Galatians chapter 2, verses 1-16 through 16 today, a message called Gospel Freedom Must Not Be Compromised. As we begin today's broadcast, remember, if you have a question for Pastor Phil, we'd love to hear from you. Pull out that voice memo app on your smartphone, record your question, your name, and where you're from, and then email it to us, tftquestions at valleybible.org. And now, with today's broadcast, here's Pastor Phil.
1: The Jews and Gentile Christians, Jewish Christians and Gent- they were eating together. They went to a crab feed together. They were having bacon and eggs together. And they were having bagels and beef. They were sharing recipes with each other. Because they had the love feast, you know, before they took communion... So they believe they probably even having the love feast, having the communion. To, they were just having a ball swapping recipes that they could never swap for 1,500 years. Because the gospel had removed ethnic requirements for fellowship. And Peter went down there, and guess what? He loved it. He just jumped in there, and he started ordering bacon, sausage... Hogs' feet, uh, goat head gravy. The boy was going wild. I mean, he never tasted this stuff in his life. And in the Greek, it's imperfect tense. He was doing this all the time. He couldn't wait to get with his Gentile brothers and sisters. He's had enough. He, He knows kosher. But, man, this is good stuff. And he's eating, having a ball. And hugging on one another, he's not even asking a brother. Susie shakes hand. Hey, how are you doing? Are you circumcised? <laughs> didn't even have to do that. They, they didn't ask that question there. And uh, when the menu came around, you didn't have to say, "I I got to read Leviticus 11 here to see if I could eat this." You know why? God in Acts 10 and 11 had shown him three times, brought down the heavenly approved menu. And he brought that menu down and he saw everything. said, I saw snakes. I saw crabs, snails. I saw everything that ought to kill a man. I saw it on there. And I said, whoa, whoa. Lord, you, you put down the wrong sheet. Moses gave me a different sheet. And God says, don't call unclean what I've called clean. I want you to take and eat. And God did that to him three times. Do you think he was a little stubborn? Three times. And so he had been revealed. Has God revealed your menu? I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you're eating. You should stop eating. It's hard on your heart. And cholesterol. But here this Jewish boy, God had to show him the new menu. And he saw all this stuff. And... Then he comes back to Jerusalem. He said, hey, Cornelius got saved. They said, what is he? Italian. Oh, man. Man, there you go ruining the church. The first Gentile was an Italian. And we've been talking ever since. And Linguisa's in. You know, all of this stuff. And he said, yeah, but God showed me that He's accepted these Gentiles. He saved him. He even came down and they all started speaking in tongues. And my brothers that were with me said, wow, they're getting the same Holy Spirit we got in the beginning. What's going on? He said, all I know is God told me to go there. I even went in the house with him and I I apologized to the Gentiles that I shouldn't even be in this house. I never am in the same house with you Gentiles. Read it in Acts 10. I mean, it's really, so God had already worked on this boy of what he could eat, what he could mix, that he was straight on the gospel, and he wasn't compromising the gospel by coming in contact with these uncircumcised Gentiles that eat everything. So here we go. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James. Now James in Acts 15 said he didn't send them. But they claimed it. He used to eat with the Gentiles all the time. But when they arrived. He began to draw back. And separate himself from the Gentiles. Because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. And the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy. So that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Just think of it. One day he's there eating and all of a sudden he sees some obvious Jewish brothers, so-called, among them. And when he gets there, uh, they said, Peter, wait, what are you doing here? Well, man, we, we eat together. We've just come from James and this is wrong. You are wrong. You are violating the law. You're making yourself unclean. This is wrong. You must not do this. And guess what? Peer pressure. Quoting another respected man. That knew God. And Peter knows God. He caved in under the pressure. And he began to play the hypocrite. And the word for hypocrite here means. It was the word to play act. He began to act out like the Gentiles were unclean when all the time he knew God had shown him that cheat and the pressure was on him you must get away from these Gentiles and all of a sudden in the Greek language it's the idea that he timidly at first just kind of they're over here eating the crab and he just kind of excuses himself and he gets away a little bit at a time. And then there's a stronger Greek word. He separated himself. So now he's over here and they got a line. And guess who he's running with? All these brothers that came down from Jerusalem. And it's kosher delight. And they have a line here. And a Gentile wants to come over and eat some steak, Bob. He said, no, no, you can't eat with us. Wait, we've just been eating together. You can't eat with us. But Peter, I said, I can't be eating with you. I, I guess, and he didn't say hardly anything. He caved into the pressure and he put on the mask of his own Jewish scruples and ways of the way he was before he saved and before that sheet came down and he buckled under the pressure. Now, the Gentiles are over here. And this probably went on before Paul ever came. There being, there must be a dividing wall between us. We must not be good enough to eat with. We must be unclean. We, we thought we'd been acceptable by God. And isn't it amazing? You could be accepted by God and not by those who say they know God. And can you imagine what was going in? It'd be like a racial thing. Oh, we're all created equal. But in Alabama, a black man better not be drinking water from this fountain. Hey, I thought we were all equal. You are until you're in Alabama. And you are until you sit in the front. If you get in the front, you're not equal. We're going to arrest you, Rosa. Rosa Parks in Birmingham. What a crushing blow. Paul shows up. And one day, Peter pulls off his little withdrawal act. And Paul walks in the room. Hey, Peter, come on over here, man. The good stuff's here. No, no, no I, I don't. Wait, they've been telling me you've, been, you've stopped eating with them the last. What's going on? Well, you know, we're Jewish. Oh, get over it. You're no more Jewish than me. Yeah, but, you know, we're really holy. You're no holier than me. I thought our gospel got us all at the same table. I thought our gospel got rid of all the Mosaic requirements for fellowship. That if a man accepts Yeshua HaMashiach, if he accepts Christ, we've got brotherhood greater than the Mosaic law. Because in Christ, we're one people, not two people if you want to stay kosher that's all right but when you're with these gentiles don't send out a message that maybe we've got to be kosher in diet in order to really be clean before god so uh he withdraws and what was just dastardly about it is the effect all of a sudden barnabas caves in another stalwart leader and uh Then all of a sudden, uh, the other Jewish converts up at Antioch, they follow Peter. And so we've got an immediate click in the church that says, here's the pure group and here's the dirty Gentiles. And then Brother Paul shows up. And uh, what does he do? He said, I opposed him. I withstood him. And when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you're living like a Gentile. Not like a Jew. You've been eating Gentile food. You've been hanging out with Gentile believers. How is it then that you're forcing Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners... In the Jewish language of the day, to be a Gentile was to be an outrageous sinner. So they're synonymous. We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law. Because by observing the law, no one, Jew or Gentile, will ever be acceptable to God. You folks who love works religion, you like codes, you like standards, you like all that stuff. Keep them all you want, but you'll never get a status of being right before God on the basis of rules, even rules revealed at Mount Sinai, 613 of them. A man or woman can only be right with God by faith alone. And he's going to show you that in chapter 3. Even our father Abraham was not justified by the law, for he was before the law. He was justified by faith alone. This causes reformations. When a Martin Luther in his town has a man, Tetzel, come to his town and say, if you'll buy some indulgences, you'll not only help us rebuild St. Peter's Basilica, but you can cut off a hundred years from your mother's death and her survival in purgatory. Buy the indulgences and we'll cut off a hundred years Of eternity in hell for her, and they had a little rhyme by which they sold. Every time St. Peter hears the coin ring, another soul from purgatory springs. And Martin Luther, a devout Jesuit, no, Augustinian monk, sleeping on a piece of plywood for a bed, fasted three to four times a day, went to Rome, to say, what is this? Tetzel up in Germany trying to raise money and telling our people you can cut off a hundred years just by buying an indulgence. And while he was on the steps crawling up to pray, Romans 1, 16, 17 rolled through him. The just shall live by faith. And he went back to his little Paris I visited the church he pastored. A little place. And he nailed 95 theses. A man can never be right with God by crawling on his knees, by bleeding, by giving money to the church. He's only declared right before God on the basis of faith in Christ alone. Not circumcision, not offerings, not religion. What did Paul do? He rebuked him well and hard for his hypocrisy. And then he preached really the rest of the chapter is his rebuke message to all of these false brethren that had done in their beloved Peter and beloved Barnabas. We just shook hands on the gospel. We just, you extended me the right hand of fellowship. What sold you out? Let me say a few things by way of getting this lesson. Had Paul not withstood these men and if this would have won the day we would have had one Lord but two different tables to eat at I couldn't take communion with Deborah she's a Jewish girl just say no, and her being the only known Jew and her husband being the only known Jews we'd have to say well we're serving communion since you're Jewish would you get out in the foyer and we'll serve you communion out there because this is a Gentile Lord's Supper And Paul said, there's one Lord and one people of God, and we refused from the beginning of the church to build again the wall that the law erected, that the Gentiles were out, the Jews were in, and then what happened to the Jews? They begin to say in Romans 9, we will establish our own righteousness and so that when the righteousness that comes by faith in Christ came, they rejected him and stumbled over him because they said we're zealous to establish our own righteousness by our own good works. And the heartbreak of Judaism is in all of its religion. It does not make a man right with God because the only one in their religion that can make you right is Messiah. Messiah. Let me say something about Jewish people. I spent the summer in Manhattan with, took Sabbat. Guess what? Carol and I and one other woman were the only three Gentiles. And we were with a bunch of Russian Jews. They couldn't even speak English. uh, Broken, they had an interpreter. And uh, another Jewish friend of mine from Vacaville, we met in Queens, New York on a Friday night take sabbat I'm going to tell you I could be Jewish easy just the way they eat at sabbat that was great man it was just wonderful and we're there and we all took the cup together broke the bread together because we were there together to reach people on the streets of New York for Christ but you got to watch this I want to tell you some things about Jewishness These are common errors. When you're dealing with a Jewish person, often this is what the rabbis have told them. You cannot be Jewish and Christian. Because if you become a Christian, you give up being Jewish. That is a lie. That would be like telling an African American, an Irishman, or telling me, soon as you become a Christian, you give up your ethnic connection. Jews are Jews over two things, race and religion. Now, I know so many Jews that don't even go to synagogue. Uh, Mary, Shirley McLean is their little god because I met them. <laughs> Shirley tells them what to do. And, and my daughter worked with a, uh, a psychologist. And I met her. He said, that is Jewish, be careful. I said, are you a pagan Jew or an Orthodox? She said, what? I said, well, are you a new ager or do you go to synagogue? Well, I am a new ager. Well, you bought into the pagan Gentiles religion, haven't you? So you're only genetically Jewish. I worship the God of Abraham. You worship the God of idolatry. And Deborah quickly got me out of the office. <laughs> she said, I'm going to lose my job. I'm, never bringing, I'm not introducing you to any more of them again. Never. I said, well, she's a pagan Jew. She's a pagan Jew. She's genetically, racially, ethnically Jewish. She can, belongs to one of the 12 tribes. And she doesn't know the 12 tribes because the genealogies have been lost. But you'll watch a Larry King. He'll get a John MacArthur on there. Or they'll get a Dave Brickner. And they'll set up racial kind of questions. And I've heard King do this question. Uh, Do you believe a Jew will go to hell who does not become a Christian? Now watch that. Why doesn't he ask, do you believe a Caucasian will go to hell? Or a black man, or a Mexican, or, uh, you know, Darth Vader, somebody. (laughs) Because it's not a racial issue. Because no race, and and this is the, the offense to Jewish people, you're saying I'm going to hell, and the way it's interpreted is because of my race. Because I'm a Jew, I'm going, no, 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 no. No one's going to heaven or hell because they're black, white, brown, yellow. Ethnicity will never get anybody to heaven. So we're not anti-Jewish. Matter of fact, you Gentile Christians, hear me. You know what one of the greatest plagues on Jewish evangelism is? Is you keep saying they're already saved because they're Jewish. And you're not saved because you're Jewish. You're saved because you put faith in Jesus Christ. And that's every race. Every race. So, when you're around Jewish people, what should you do? Feed them. They love to eat. (laughs) Love them. Care for them. And give them the good news that their Messiah... That we all agreed to crucify. Don't make that he was just crucified by the Jews. That's another thing that we get from the Catholics from the 1500s. We kill the Jews because they're Christ killers. You were too. I believe the Roman government was Gentile. Right? I don't hear you. Three Jewish trials, three Gentiles. It was Roman soldiers who put him on the cross. It was a Roman government that had a man wash his hands of the king of kings when he knew he was not guilty. He washed his hands. But guess what? In hell his hands are still dirty. You can't wash your hands of Christ. What have you done with Christ? And then the Jewish people, their great folly, the chief cornerstone came. Instead of building their life on him, they tripped over him. They stumbled, and they've been stumbling for 2,000 years. You know what you owe Jewish people? the good news that Messiah has come and he is God's Passover lamb for their sins and he wants to save them by putting their faith in Jesus Christ and it's what you owe to an Irishman it's what you owe to an African-American it's what you owe to a Latino it's what you owe to the human race Christ alone will save you on the basis of faith and he cares not one whit about your ethnicity he'll retain that So what if I'm a Jewish person? I become a believer. What do do I give up my Jewishness? Never, never. I married John and Deborah. My lands, they brought in elements of uh, Jewishness. Good night. We never want to get rid of the contribution of this people to the human race. Do we? Music, brilliance. We just want them to see the folly. You can't be accepted to God Because you're related to Abraham because he told Abraham By the way, what was Abraham before he was Jewish? He was a moon worshiper. He acted like a pagan Gentile. We got Heber out of Abraham, but Abraham, what was he? And and I believe we got a whole bunch of folks that come out of him that aren't Jewish called Ishmaelites And they've been fighting with Jews for years Know that our gospel is universal to the Jew first and then to the rest of the world. And that's just the way Acts developed it. But I want you to say you must beware of compromising the gospel.
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Questions, comments about the program, as always, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by giving us a call, 855-833-9864. If you've got a question for Pastor Phil, you can use your smartphone. The Voice Memo app on that smartphone is a great way to reach out to us with your questions, praise reports, and comments. Simply record your question, who you are, where you're calling from, and then email it to us, tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, that's tftquestions at valleybible.org. And again, as always, you'll find more information about Truth For Today at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. Now, Truth For Today is a listener-supported ministry. We have friends and family members who have come alongside to financially support the ministry to ensure that it continues on this radio station. Would you be a part of that family, that friendship? We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us again. You can securely donate at truthfortodayradio.org or by calling 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.